Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. On today's episode, this is a very special episode. We are elated to have on the air with us creator, producer, and storyteller Ronald Young Jr., also known as Big Ron. He is the host and producer of the Leaving the Theater podcast, as well as the Time Well Spent and Talking Loud and Saying Nothing shows. Dinah Wright and I had a great opportunity to meet Big Ron in February at the On Air Fest 2023 in Brooklyn, New York at the White Hotel. He was a very charismatic MC of day one, and I was like, we got to get this cat on the air so we can talk to him. What else should everybody know about you, Big Ron? Not to put you on a spot, but did I miss anything or just anything else you want to talk about? No worries. Audio producer, storyteller, host. I've worked on uh, a lot of different projects, one called Seizing Freedom. I work on the Black History Year podcast from Push Black. I'm working on a new project with Novel Media, which is based in the UK. And I have a new project coming out in June called Wait For It, spelled W-E-I-G-H-T, which is talking about... Uh, the ways in which we grapple with our weight uh, and navigate through life dealing with that. I'm very excited about that show. Uh, yeah, but that's it. I'm a big television and movie uh, head. I contribute to NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. So um, they, I, I like that people like actually want to hear what I have to say about movies. So that's been pretty exciting being a movie lover most of my life. So yeah, and I'm really happy to be here with y'all. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you for coming on. Nice, nice. We were talking about this before I turned the record button on. Talk to us about your earliest encounters with hip hop. Okay, so mine is going to be a little complicated because I am a preacher's kid. And when I say that, I mean, I'm raised in the Pentecostal church. I'm still a part of the Pentecostal church. So we are like, you know, tongue talking, believe in the Holy Ghost, church every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. Like we're at church all the time. And we weren't encouraged to watch movies, something that I love to do. And we certainly weren't allowed to listen to secular music. So all of my exposure to music would have been like on the fly at the barbershop was where I heard probably the first time I heard Before I Let Go by Frankie Beverly and Maze. Uh, that was the first time I heard any of the other songs, um, even Celebrate by Cool in the Gang or like any of wow. those those really good 70s, 80s uh, classic songs. First time I heard those, those were, I remember sitting in the barbershop was the first time I saw Ludacris's uh, Saturday. Uh, but no, the other one he does, Cadillac, Grills, Cadillac, <laughs> that the first time I saw that one, uh, I I saw that song was uh, was in the barbershop and my dad didn't really care what was going on in the barbershop or what I was watching because we weren't going to be there very long on the school bus. We had a radio. I used to listen to that. And then um, eventually one of the Christmases that came, my parents got my sister a stereo and my sister started listening to the R&B and hip hop stations. 
And that's how I got introduced. Eventually, I got a Walkman. And late at night, I'm listening to Love Talking Slow Jams. So I'm like listening to that. And that's like my first introduction to the hip hop world, I would say, was first through R&B. And then because R&B felt the closest to gospel at first, because I listened to a lot of gospel. I can tell you all about 90s gospel. If y'all want to talk about Donnie McClurkin, (laughs) Kirk Franklin, all of that, I can tell you all of that. Yeah, I got y'all, man. Melodies from heaven. (laughs) I'm I'm in there. You know what I mean? But I feel like uh, when it came to hip hop, the closest thing to gospel... At the, at the time was R&B. But the next bridge for that, in 1997, you get Tupac dying, you get Biggie dying. And, you know, at that time, at that time at our schools, we would have these talent shows. And I remember, like, I don't know why this stands out in my head, but one of the earlier songs I remember was this one group did uh, for the talent show, they did Dear Mama by Tupac. Wow. And I that song came on and I was like, this song, is, and, as a, and I was in fourth grade. I'm like, oh, this song is amazing. Who is this guy? This is this is great, you know? And then at, right around that time, Sean P. Diddy Combs, uh, they took over hip-hop at that time in terms of mainstream, and you get all of these songs. Uh, I'm coming out. That comes out. Uh, and now tell me who's hot, who's not, who's sell out the stores. Like, <laughs> that's all the stuff that I was introduced to. So then, now, and I'm and this is the story comes to a point. Don't worry. So I'm listening to all that. I'm really enjoying this. And then, uh, you know, Will Smith comes out with Willennium. And I'm like, oh my God, Will Smith is such a good rapper. He's one of the best rappers I've ever heard. And I take that show on the road with my friends. Now, mind you, I'm listening to all of these albums under the cover of darkness, like away from my parents or at school. And I'm like, and they're having rap conversations at school. At school, and I'm like, "Yo, man, you know who's a good rapper?" Now, I just want y'all to think about what I'm saying. Now, in 1997, I'm a backpack wearing middle school kid walking up to people in a serious rap conversation, and I'm saying, "Yeah, but have you heard that new Will Smith though?" <laughs> Your credit's going woo, and, and yeah, it's like. <laughs> You can hear the record scratch in those moments. But at the time, I'm like, how are you not including Will Smith in your top five of rappers? How are you not including Will Smith in your top five? And so it took a little bit more time. Like, And I'm saying, like, through my high school years, I started hearing other rap songs, hearing rappers that I liked, like hearing Jay-Z, Big Pimpin' comes out. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. Like, this guy's good. Hearing Nas, like, one mic, all this stuff comes out. And it was really, to be honest with you, I was maybe like, 21 22 years old when i really started like listening to rap albums like hardcore mm-hmm. and one of the one of my favorites and earliest was i went back and listened to reasonable doubt and i'm like this is an incredible album i get it now and this was after he had put out a blueprint and all this other stuff so i'd listen to reasonable doubt that way when the black album came out i felt like i understood jay-z in a way that you know a lot of other people didn't so i was listening to jay-z a friend of mine introduced me to tribe called quest and i listened to an album i was like this isn't why did it anyone tell me about this this is incredible like this is like the music is good like the production is good all of this and so it was like it was it was rather late like i'm talking in the early 2000s is really when like my opinions on hip-hop and my like i really started to crystallize i know you said my earliest encounters but like by this time i'm like 21 22 years old and i'm really getting a feel for what hip-hop is to me. I still believe that R&B is of the hip-hop family, and I I could tell you all about R&B and what that means to me and what the sound is and how that's evolved. But specifically, if we're talking about, when we talk about hip-hop at its origins, which is rapping, tagging, dancing, specifically the rapping, uh, like that's really 
my journey and how it really became crystallized for me. That's an awesome story. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. We're a little bit older, so there's no shame with Will Smith. I discovered him in the late eighties as, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince before the TV show. And yeah, parents just don't understand was such a catchy tune and a funny video and a story. And everybody in my middle school was singing that. And, um, you know, after run DMC, and the Beastie Boys. I mean, that was something that everybody was was tuned into. Yeah, yeah I think one, probably one of my favorite Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince songs is "Brand New Funk." That song is amazing, and he really? flows on that. Like he lyrics just he, he spits hard on that. And I'm like, wow, that's my song. Yeah, yeah I, I could put that on his own out anytime. <laughs> you really can't. You really can't like besmirch Will Smith, right? delivery because in a lot of ways i'm like a music video whatever like song he puts together good songs and and you believe yeah what he's rapping about but the problem is what he's rapping about is mostly corny (laughs) yes yeah and it worked it worked with his parents just don't understand because it's like yeah mom like that was like rage against the machine i'm sure for y'all yeah time yeah Yeah. it's it's teenage rebellion it's always what what it's very rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. And the other yeah. one that was big at the time was um, The Girls of the Welling Nothing But Trouble. That one, too. That, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's my song, too. <laughs> with, with, with the I Dream of Genie yeah. hook. Yes. That I, was... yeah, I Dream of Genie. Yep. Yes. A sample. Yep. <laughs> well, I was going to say, too, a lot of, and what, you know, if in the 20, if in my 20s, my introduction to hip hop was a lot of, you know, bad boy. Not really realizing that Bad Boy was stealing every single one of its samples from very popular 70s and 80s groups, which now, as in my 30s, I'm now going back and digging into those groups. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot of DeBar- Elder Barge oh, yeah. <laughs> recently because yes. I'm like, listen yep. to this. I'm like, oh, the, all of these songs are Bad Boy songs, yes. like all of them. And if you, yeah. you keep going back and finding those bits and samples where they turned one song into like something incredibly popular, oh, yeah. I think that's one of my favorite things about hip hop and what those producers were doing then. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Say what you will about Diddy, but yeah, you know, he put some good songs together. First Craig Mack album is still a killer. <laughs> I love it so much. But like not even just the original song, too. They would flip it on a remix too. Like with a whole yep. other sample. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, yes. And it wouldn't even be just a it wouldn't even just be like another sample, but then you got extra verses coming in, like, wait a minute, guest appearance. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yep. Yeah. Hitting you from all like angles. He does, there's a song. There's a song he did, Kissing You by Total. Yes. And it's, it's two different songs. They say it's the remix. I'm like, this isn't a, like back then when they did remixes, because now when they do, like at some point in the mid 2000s, they're like, a remix is, someone decided that a remix is an extra verse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you add a rapper. That's a remix from now yeah. on. Nothing else that y'all <laughs> are so talking true. about. That's crazy. But like yeah. when Puffy was doing remixes, he was like, all right, we're going to make a new song and we're going to call it a remix because Kissing You has two different versions of the song. Yes. And that's what remixes were back then. It was like, oh, we got a remix for you. And it's like a brand new song. And I, I wish they would go back to that, to be honest with you. Because yeah, I feel like uh, there was several, um, there was a Biggie song with Kim, um, uh, with Lil' Kim, and I'm, I'm completely blanking on what it was. Get Money. Yes. No, it might have been Get Money. Or, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. There was another one, that's All I Needed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's several there's, there's a in which versions. it was like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you're like, this is a different, this isn't the same song. Like, this is a different song. <laughs> yeah, the hook, the whole different hook on it. But they, they stay and get yeah. money, but the rest of the hook is different. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. 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 It's good. Like, it's the best. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. The <laughs> don't test me. But don't test me. Get money. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I got like, yeah, but want a brand new song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So you may not know Boogie is a DJ by trade as well oh, I for love many it. years. So oh, okay. So he's, he, gets he knows yes. a lot of the different versions of, of various songs. I love that. Oh, man. You always need a music encyclopedia around. And I guess it's you, Boogie. <laughs> Boogie is, yeah. If you listen to our uh, our catalog, he goes deep. He has the deep cuts that we may not know of. It's crazy, too, because I was like, before, like I, I mean, I, I kind of, I'm like not really retired, but. Back in the nineties, I was outside. Yeah. <laughs> I was outside, yeah. outside. Like I was in the, I was DJing in clubs yeah. and parties, cookouts. Back, like I was hardcore in yeah. it. So, like you talking about the bad boy era in the nineties, I was throwing those. I was doing those parties <laughs> over and over again, man. Well, see now you got to hit the day party circuit, yeah. man, because everybody still wants to drink. They just don't want to right. do it at night anymore. Like I tell you right now, if you tell me we about to drink from like one to four p.m. and I could be home by six. Right. Let's do it. Let's go hard. <laughs> I can have my. You can drink and have your hangover in the same night. It's great. For real. <laughs> and ready to go for work the next day. Ready to go. Hydrated. Drank the Pedialyte. Ready to yep. go. I hit. One, I hit one like a week and a half ago. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what's interesting? That is a great business concept. As as our generation ages, you know, we're the first generation that has hip hop as our as our foundation. And Boogie just sent me this funny clip from Instagram. It was a retirement home and they were dancing to soldier boy <laughs> with the canes and walkers. Yeah, no. And I was like, that's, that's going to be me at, at age 80. If I, if we can hold up. That's not it. It's that's, it's not just going to be that it's going to be like old folks homes filled with people dancing to hip hop, RB, like Britney Spears, all that stuff's going to be in there. And they're going to be having Mario Kart tournaments yep. in right. there. You know yep. what I mean? They're going to be playing like Tekken and Street Fighter and all of that. And that's what, instead of like watching the news, it's going to be like, no, 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 put the Wii on real quick. I'm about to get you in these hands real quick. Like we got to play NBA 2K for like four hours during the day. It's going to be fantastic. Are you kidding me? Yep. That's, yep. Absolutely. That's so true. <laughs> We're not watching that log. We're going to be watching, you know, People It'll be Law and Order. Yeah. It'll still be Law and Order SVU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. FU still be there. FU still be there. It'll still be. It'll still be <laughs> the reruns. Yeah, just get still done, going. Done. There's like 400 episodes of of just SVU. Yep. So it's like, yeah, nah. <laughs> My bad. I feel like I'm breaking your format. No, not at no, all. No. no. Good. This is good. Okay. You know, we're letting it flow. They're freestyling. So why don't we take it to the movies? Let's let's go to the movies. I enjoy your concept of leaving the theater and giving like the the fresh impression of the movie you just saw. Are there any hip hop movies, like movies with hip hop actors or hip hop themes that you left the theater and thought, whoa, this was hype or this was important? Any come to mind? So it's funny because when you said that, like I really had to start thinking about like hip hop movies I've seen recently. 
And they're all biopics, which yeah. I'm not really that impressed with uh, in, 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 <laughs> in the case of most of them, because they are really they are literally about hip hop. But I'm not necessarily impressed by them, especially because I have to walk into a theater and try to be convinced that this person was Biggie or this person was Tupac yeah. or these were. And I think the, the probably the one that was the closest to I think it kind of goes off the rails towards the end is uh, Straight Outta Compton, which was uh, it, it still yeah. was my favorite, but I liked it probably the most out of all of them. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of like dig back to really think about hip hop movies that had an impact on me. And I felt the first one I'm going to say, we'll use that as a decoy before I tell you my real one, because <laughs> the first one started to make me angry, not because not because I don't think it's a good movie about hip hop, but because I'm like, I, I feel like this face has been representing hip hop for a long time. And while I am a fan of this rapper, I don't know if this movie deserves to be like the hip hop movie that I say. But the first one that came to mind was Eight Mile with okay. Eminem. And I was just like, all right, I love you, Eminem, but like, like, come on, it's it's Eight Mile. Like, this feels like a little too obvious uh, of a hip hop movie. Then, of course, you can go like back in time and think about your breaking and your breaking yeah. to Electric Boogaloo and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, you, and you can go through all of those. But one I think that kind of like slides under the radar is one that came out during I like to call like the big era of black films. Back then, we had Love and Basketball, which is probably another good choice, but that's more of an R and B movie than it is a hip hop movie. Right. Uh, but we have podcast. Love and Basketball. <laughs> Well, say that again we'll start that podcast yeah exactly hey, let me know when you're ready i'm here uh but yeah you have love and basketball you have the wood you have the best man uh mm -hmm. you have all of these like just very black movies that were coming out at the time and yeah like i mean for most black folks we were just waiting for whatever it was going to be next year who was going to be the person more chestnut um yeah. tay diggs all of them were in it mm -hmm. this was another one with uh tay diggs and sadat lathan it came out in 2002 and it's called brown sugar now, brown sugar. <laughs> Wait, is it? Have y'all talked about this one before? We have. <laughs> okay, great. So we have an episode great. on it. Yes. So, Boogie oh, okay, is great. The president of the Sunday Lathan fan club. If you didn't know. Oh yeah, she still looks good. And did you see her on uh on the Best Man on on Peacock? She looks fantastic. Absolutely. Still the same. They all look the same. <laughs> Shout out to Sunday Lathan, please. Yeah, one hundred percent. Wherever you are. Matter of fact, now, to, to be honest, shout out to Nia Long. Because yes. after what she went through with old boy, I'm like, listen, I've been available this whole time. Call me. I'll, Yo, I'll, call I'll, Big I'll, Ron. I'll text you right now. Yeah. Call Big Ron. I'll never cheat on Nia Long. Are you kidding nope. me? No. Nope. <laughs> no, nope. there had to be a Hollywood fiction. Nia Long is 100%. Queen of the been fine for a long time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That somehow gets finer. Like, I mean, I saw her in the uh, Best Man series, and I'm just like, what is... What is this? What is this? Yeah, Why, how are you still doing regimen? this? Do I need to get on? Yes. Like, what am I trying to eat? That, that yeah. And the first long? thing they'll tell you, they'll be like, black don't crack. I'm like, yeah, man. But like, this is, this feels like, <laughs> yeah, like at least wrinkles. It's not even wrinkling. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> sometimes it could look bad, but yeah. it's natural. I, yes. She looks like, I'm like, team. I don't, yeah. Her but, jeans. Both of brown them. sugar that's uh i will i won't go too deep into it because i know y'all already know about it but that for me is kind of like the seminal and i was also coming to gate of age i graduated high school in 2002 and it was a movie that i was able to go to the theater and see because like i was in college i was away from my parents i could just go see a movie and saw it 
really enjoyed it. Felt like I was having an experience. And I really and and they don't really make movies like this anymore in the theater. They make them and they'll make them for cheap and put them on Netflix and they yeah. won't be as good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they'll make stuff like but they don't really make stuff like this anymore. And I really just I, I enjoyed it. Like you get the you get the Yasin Bay uh, cameo back when he was most deaf. Mm-hmm. You get I mean not cameo. I mean he's in the movie and this was right. during his run. He had a run during this mm-hmm. time. He was in the Italian job. He yes. was in uh, uh, I think there was a couple of other movies he did. Uh, I, did he do a movie with J-Lo? Uh, uh, I think so. But sight. he had like five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Was he in Out of Sight? That, was that? Was that him? I thought it was somebody else. No. Oh, let me ask my friend Google. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb. Tell us. <laughs> ask my, yeah. like, I got Ving Rhames in that. I got George Clooney. Oh, I got Steve Zahn. Isaiah Washington. Did he cameo in it? No, nah, he's not in this one. Okay. All right, he's not in this one. Okay. But he had a run. He did. Yeah. That's right. He did have a run. Yeah. Yeah. Like at that point, he was uh 16 blocks. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Okay. yes. But he was in 16 blocks, Hitchhiker's Guide to yes. the Galaxy, uh, something the Lord made, which was on. And like for a while, we thought most stuff was like about to be that dude. He had the same, his rise uh rivaled the rise of Dave Chappelle and it also intersected because most stuff was on Chappelle show regularly. You know, Chappelle had that run of all, yeah. Cause he had that run mm-hmm. of all those, uh, of all those fantastic rappers rapping on his show. Yes. Fantastic yes. Mm-hmm. rappers rapping on his show. So, um, yeah, no, I've just, I, I really enjoyed it. I think there's a bunch of, uh, cameos in that movie. Very enjoyable. That's probably one that I really left the theater being like, I liked it, even though Rotten Tomatoes didn't like it so much. Well, the thing about that, it was like a love letter to the hip hop genre, which we're all about promoting the the whole culture and the genre. And the way it was done was just a a nice love story. I was critical of it as well, just because of the predictability of it. It was just so predictable that they were supposed to get together at the end, you know, like, and I was like, okay, it's really sappy. However, this is one of Boogie's all-time favorites. He's the one that said, guys, we got to watch this one. Put it on the list. Let's watch it. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've watched I, that movie. <laughs> it's That's the thing about – and, like, when I review movies, I th- always try to separate how I feel about it from, like, just technically reviewing it. And I, I do think that there's – the way that I feel about Brown Sugar and the way that it's executed are different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because the way I feel about it, it still means a lot to me for when it came out at the time. And I probably feel about it the way Boogie does. But I also, like, as a critic, like, watching that, I'm just like, I mean, it was all right. You know what I mean? It's, like, very middle of the road uh, of romantic romantic comedy that does, like, you have them on the cover together. We know where this is going. Yeah. There's no real <laughs> conflict about them not being right. together. What are we yeah. talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are the kind of movies I think that nutritionally they don't have a lot of value, but they taste really yeah. good. I'll eat me yeah. a bag of Doritos. I didn't get anything really substantive out of it, but boy, that was really delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed them. I'll go to the gym tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch a Kurosawa movie tomorrow. But there you today, go. Yeah, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch a documentary tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> A big old donut. Yep, a big old donut. Yeah. Is <laughs> I gotta have it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so you did mention most deaf Yasin Bay 
his trajectory of the, as an actor. And so what other hip hop artists did, did, do, do you follow and, and think who were successful crossing over from the silver mic to the silver screen? I mean, when you think about rappers turned actors, you really have to just consider the rappers that were so good at acting that you forgot that they were rappers. And when they came out with albums later, they were a little worse at rapping. (laughs) (laughs) And when when I say that, like, uh, and I, because here's the thing that gets me. Like, when I first thought this, I was like, well, obviously we're going to talk about Ludacris, right? But, like, Ludacris was a guy that I think was a better rapper than he was an actor and then got more acting gigs for some reason and then went back to rapping and somehow wasn't as good of a middle-of-the-road rapper as I thought he was in the early 2000s than when he came out with albums, like, in in the teens. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I don't, I just, I don't know if this is it. I think Method Man gets an honorable mention here, obviously, because, uh, like, you know, he, he he shows up in things and you believe him when he shows up. I mean, yeah. his, his run in the wire, honestly, if he had only done that, I think would have been significant enough uh, to, to say that, like, he's here and he's done a great job. Like, he, he fit right in with the cast of the wire. Uh, and it, I guess maybe it was because of his hip hop background that allowed him to do that because they were picking up a lot of folks from the streets of Baltimore to be in the uh, show, which is yeah. a whole nother thing. But yeah, like maybe him. Uh, I think most death has to be up there because again, because of his like his body of work. Probably the two that I think about the most are Common, who like, you know, Common really learned his lane and just stayed in it. Like if he was in a movie called uh in and I want to say this is in the early two thousands, it was uh Ace no, it was twenty mm, it was with Jeremy Piven, Ryan Reynolds. Chris Pine, Smoking Smoke Aces, Smoking Aces, Smoke yes. Aces. Oh, yes. Smoke yes. Yes. yes, which yes. if there's kids listening to this podcast, go back and watch that. That is a movie that if it would have came out on Netflix, it would have been in Netflix's best movie at the time. Granted, I don't think it did so well, like Rotten Tomatoes wise and with their credit score, it also didn't do well that well in theaters. But listen to this, listen to this uh, cast real quick. Ben Affleck, Ryan Reynolds, Andy Garcia, Chris Pine, Jeremy Piven, Ray Liotta, like all of those folks were in this movie with significant roles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Jason Bateman is in this movie before he's really Jason Bateman. Like you could scroll down. Joel Edgerton is in this movie. Matthew Fox from Lost mm-hmm. is in this movie. You know what I mean? And Common is in this movie. And Common has a great role that he plays in this yeah. movie. More recently, Common was in uh, John Wick 2, uh, yeah. uh, Chapter 2. And he has an, an outstanding featured scene with uh, John Wick. I mean, with uh, Keanu Reeves. That was, I mean, I really enjoyed. But if I have to go to the one that I think is doing the best job, as in he got this role, he sat down in this role, and now he is this role. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know anything about his rapping anymore. Mr. Ice-T as Finn Tutuola in Law & Order SVU, which all of a sudden we're back talking about Law & Order SVU again. But in terms of like, I mean, how, who other, when he started in that, he had like a little like a little ponytail on there and he was still rapper turned actor Ice-T. Yeah. And now we look at him and the people who have, like Law & Order has been on so long. There are people who have been watching Finn Tutuola on this show for years that will never have heard a rap lyric 
come out of this man's mouth. And I know that has to bother y'all because he's one of y'all's. <laughs> he's one of y'all's rappers. And now y'all are looking at him and being like, yo, he's not, he hasn't cussed once in the, like his whole job is just to be the audience foil. Oh, you mean this guy likes to diddle kids? Like that's all, that's his whole job. And he's like, he's living in that lane now. And I know that's not like necessarily Emmys or Oscar winning actor, but in terms of crossing over, like, uh, who remembers he was a rapper? Who remembers this guy's a rapper except that yeah. his name is Ice T in the credits? Yeah. <laughs> he crossed over and never crossed back. Right, never. His came last back. album is two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. I, that feels sooner than I thought. That feels sooner than I thought. You're college kids that weren't born yet. <laughs> he was in both yeah. of the breaking movies, right? Yeah, break, breaking yes, and breaking two. Yeah. He was a DJ. Oh, and the we spoke about this on a prior episode. The, the great irony is that with body count when he went metal and he came out with that cop killer song. And then he has his whole life as a, as a cop slash detective. And uh, yeah, that, that's a bit of irony. there. <laughs> and then you got to look up his net worth to say, uh, has this been, has this paid off for you? <laughs> and it has, he has a net worth of $65 million. This is paid off for yeah. him. I don't know. He, quite he well. gets $250,000 an episode for SVU. I'd never rap again. You would never hear me. Why would you have that. to? You wouldn't have never, to. Never. Never. Yeah. I'd come out with songs where I just said, yeah, on the mic, just over and over <laughs> and yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he gets paid that much money. He goes home to Coco. He's good. And his following on Twitter is legendary. He, every now and then he has to let a cat know that he's a, he, that, that he's not about that life. And he, you know, he'll, he'll straighten him out. But And that's always funny yeah. to see. But man, <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's in his lane. <laughs> yeah, 1.9 million followers. Like that, he's money. Like he's, he's, he's good. You don't, you don't ever go back to rapping after that, you know? I wonder how many of this younger generation also know LL Cool J as an actor more so than a rapper. And I, I completely, okay. So in terms of good acting, LL Cool J has done some great yes. acting in his time acting. And you're right. This is another one that's on CBS, found a home and just put on that stupid hat and just wears it all the time <laughs> and is always going to have abs forever. It's just going to have abs till he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Got to throw my girl Dana up in there. Yep. Queen Latifah's in that, in that group too. Another one. <laughs> Another one. Like, you know what? And these are all rappers from the same era. Yeah. You're talking about rappers that like, they were like basically as nineties rap, like it was petering out in the early aughts. All of these folks switched their images. Yeah. Because now there's people that look at Queen Latifah and be like, yeah, we know she did something, but she's like, she's now on the Equalizer. But like, think about her, think about her run of, she has that movie with Common yeah, called Just, Just right. right. It's a romantic mm -hmm. comedy. Yes. And this was before she came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, like she had a whole thing on Beauty Shop, like had a whole, built a whole like industry off of just being like, I think these were rapper. Honestly, I think the best because we can argue about who's the best actor. And I think that's a different conversation to say who was the most successful. And I would say every rapper turned actor that is successful are people that just bought into what they were sold. And which was that like, Hey, I'm going to make you a million dollars. And Queen Latifah was like, yeah, whatever. I'll do just right. I'll do beauty shop. I'll do taxi with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Last holiday. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do last. My holiday wife loves last. Holiday. Kate Winslet. Great movie. Is Kate Winslet in that? Am I tripping? 
I'm Which about one? to do something else. Uh, I said last that's time. Her I LL. Think that's the right one. Uh, LL yeah, Hotel. you're right. LL at that, that hotel in yes. Europe. <laughs> yes. yes. Hanging out with Giancarlo yes. Esposito. Yes. Yeah. She was just in Hustle, where she plays Adam Adam Sandler's wife. And Hustle, uh-huh. Hustle's yeah. not bad. Hustle's not a bad no, movie. I, I like wanna it. like yeah, I, I like I'll say this was surprising for it to be on Netflix. <laughs> but yeah, like it's I and, and honestly, now that we're saying Queen Latif, I'm sitting here looking at her filmography, and I kind of think that she has some of these dudes I mentioned before beat in terms of just like amount of work done. Yeah. She was in Chicago I think we gotta look at singing. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you she's know we gotta a, look up her net worth. She's in a movie with Will Ferrell called Stranger Than Fiction. You guys seen this movie? I haven't. Yeah, terrific movie. It's one of these like serious roles for for Will Ferrell, and she plays. Uh, she has one of the. She's a character on her, and terrific movie. Uh, and she plays a really great literary agent, kind of like just helping Emma Thompson get her story written. It's yeah. just so fun. <laughs> it's like wow, like Queen Latifah just dropped in and killed it. And cashed that check and went on to the well, next successful project. Yeah. She's still cashing that check. Her net mm-hmm. worth is $85 million. Yeah. So so you Hallelujah. got Ice T at 65. You got Quinn Latif at 85. You got LL Cool J at 120. So not bad. They all did the right thing. <laughs> Success. Queen, Queen Latifah was so influential and empowering to women in the late 80s when she came out with Ladies First, UNITY, yeah. saying yes. you can't call us a B. Uh, yeah. When everything, a lot of the music that was coming out was degrading to women. And she stood up and said, listen, yeah. we're going to stand right up. And she'll get in anybody's face back then. And I credit Fab Five Freddy on Yo! MTV Raps for putting her on a lot and, yeah. and giving her that exposure because that was awesome. And then you see it spawned a lot all, all, the, all these acts that you see today, Cardi B's and um, Nicki Minaj, and even prior to that, Missy Elliott, like she was a fore, forerunner of life. Oh, yeah. I will say that there was a. So if you go, like, because you, if you name that in order, there's a split that happens because Missy Elliott is, I would say, is the fork that creates basically, you're going to say, because I'm like, before, if you have a road that you're walking down, you have your MC Lights, you have your Queen Latifahs, you have your DeBrats, all of them that are kind of like walking that road. And then Missy Elliott comes along and creates a fork. Where And, I, and I'd say like, because slightly before that, you had off the beaten path, you have, uh, you have um, uh, Lil' Kim, yeah. who's like doing this thing that it's like, Oh, I don't know about this. This is like really sexual. What are we doing over here? Yeah. Then you have you did you have uh Missy come in and say, Well, I can be sexual, but I'm also gonna be like, I'm gonna rap, I'm gonna do skill, and I'm gonna make good music, all of that. And you're right. Then after that, all of a sudden you have that that thing that Lil' Kim was doing, all of a sudden, like Foxy Browns, all of those that were like in this weird area, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. all start showing up real like Nicki Minaj you got uh, Meg Thee Stallion you got yep. Cardi B mm-hmm. you got Lotto now now there's so many to name you used to be able to there used to be like three two or three at a time yeah now there's yep. like seven like there's Ice Spice, Ice Spice and all yeah, these other ones like, like, like that are showing up you know what I mean and it's like and now there's like so much for women and you're right you go back and it was like you could have one you could have light yeah. as a rock or you could have you and ity and that is that it. it you get well, nothing else we just did a recent episode on the netflix biopic of roxanne shante and if you haven't seen that yeah. I, would, I would check it out because she was even earlier than latifa but that was before hip-hop 
was more mainstream yeah. and yeah. she was taken advantage of by by a lot of folks and she was only a precocious teenager at the time yeah so yeah. um her story is interesting. And I remember growing up, one of the very first hip hop songs I heard was the Roxanne, Roxanne, the real Roxanne. And there were a bunch yeah. of response songs back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I grew up close to Philly listening on Power 99. They would play those at night. And I was like, this is so creative. And yeah. uh, she was she was something else, too. I was first introduced to her on the uh, on the popular rap series of the early aughts, Beef. I don't know if you remember those. <laughs> that came out. Those beef DVDs. one and Beef two. Yeah, like <laughs> you go back and be like, "Yo, what was the fact checking on these?" I, I yeah. mean, it was very compelling to get it right. But if you go back, you're like, "All right, did you just get a bunch of people who were mad at each other in a room that just like, yeah, you know what? I hate Common. He's been trash this whole time." <laughs> you know? But yeah, like that was the first time I was introduced to Roxanne. Yeah, that's my girl right there. I love Roxanne Shantae. <laughs> so she has a recurring show on Rock the Bells. Uh, Have a nice day. Yeah, with her and DJ Cool V. They're on from, I think, four to seven. Yeah. On satellite. Is that on Sirius? Yeah. Or Sirius, yeah. yeah. On the Rock the Bell station. Yeah, that's my, I listen to them on my rides home. <laughs> we were saying she really didn't get, get her flowers because she was exploited and the media wasn't ready for that at the time. And she faded out, not really of her own, but just by necessity. She, you know, she, there was no money in the business and she had nowhere to turn. Yeah. She made that big mama song, but she just let loose on everybody. And then that was her curtain call. She was like, all right, I'm I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how long do you like, especially, and I think that's, like the skill, think about everybody we named and like Common, Most Def, Queen Latifah, LL Cool J, like all of them. I think the skill is like the exploitation that happens in the music industry is always bad. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But it, it's, and it's, I think the game that all of these musicians and rappers are playing, and now it's a harder game even than it was in the 80s and 90s, uh, in the early 2000s. But a lot of them that were just like, Anyone who came to the conclusion, I can't rap forever, I have to do something else, and any of them that says, I have to do it now, and were then called corny for being a cop on television or for you know doing the romantic comedy or whatever that were called corny, all of those people have houses. Mm-hmm. Everyone else that like tried to stick to it and say, I'm going to do one more, I'm going to do the big F you, like Kurt Call or whatever, most of those people, you don't hear anything about. Like they yeah. could be like they you could be working with them in a cubicle somewhere you know what i mean like and it'd be like yeah this is an interesting story for you but like why is jay-z a billionaire Mm -hmm. and and you're not and i think it's part of the game of knowing like okay i've done my great albums i now have to use this crowd to go do something else right now because it's you can't do it forever right diversify that portfolio yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Immediately thought about the you talking about the Chappelle sketch <laughs> with, with Wu Tang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Wu Tang Financial. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but nah, so they good. really got to. It's, like, it's not a game. <laughs> Had to drop that one in there. I love it. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Oh, that's classic. I have to put that in the show notes for Retail Financial. <laughs> it's so brilliant. <laughs> Woo. 
Well, Ron, we don't want to keep you too long. I know we, we could talk for hours, I think. We definitely want to tell our listeners to, to check you out at ohitsbigron.com. Is there anything else that you talked about in the beginning a little bit? But uh, tell us again, where, where can we find you coming up next? Uh, what's up on the horizon for you? All right. So first of all, everybody go on Instagram right now. Go on TikTok. Go on Twitter. Follow at oh, it's big Ron. That's at O-H-I-T-S-B-I-G-R-O-N. Follow me on all of those platforms. It's the best way you can find out the news that's going on with me. And then also subscribe to Leaving the Theater. It is a great podcast about television and film. Uh, the guys mentioned it already. I review movies as I'm walking out of the theater. You get a very fresh take. Or as I'm sitting on the couch after just finishing it up. Uh, so I'm very excited. We just dropped the John Wick Chapter 4 episode that's in the feeds right now. You can get that. Uh, and uh, if you want a quick preview of my, of my review of that, liked it. A little too long. Just a little too long. <laughs> a little too long this time. But I liked it. Uh, but yeah, check me out there. Got a new show coming out called Wait For It. That's coming out in June. So stay tuned for that. We'll be dropping a trailer hopefully in early May. But yeah, I'm working, grinding. And again, I really appreciate y'all inviting me to be a part of this. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, thank you. On. Appreciate it. so fun. Thank you, Ron. Yeah. Man, right. so we can do another convo like this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm around. <laughs> Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHNCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. Shout out to your listeners. Thanks for tuning in.